Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. When all the stars align. A saying that typically implies that something impossibly good has transpired. (laughs) That all the twists and turns present in day-to-day life just happened to lead you down all the right paths. It's kind of what happened here. Just the opposite. Everybody loves going to a house party, but hosting them is another story. When the uninvited dipshits begin showing up and wrecking havoc on your mom's antique vase collection, that's when you typically begin realizing your mistake. We all wanted to party, but nobody wanted to host. We didn't feel like going to some rando's party either. It's just not the same that way. So when Jason started talking about a decently sized cabin in the woods that seemed to be abandoned, we were intrigued. Of course, we were all skeptical despite the fact I mean, what if somebody actually owned it? If it really was abandoned, then it must mean that it's got to be pretty shitty, right? I mean, how deep in the woods was it? We weren't trying to get lost, either. But when we took the trip out there ourselves, the place couldn't have been more perfect. It was only an eight-minute walk into a nearby wooded area. The only thing that worried us here was the fact that there wasn't any explicit trail leading to it. But we dealt with that by making our own artificial trail, by cutting through the foliage. The place was, I mean, also nice. A little dusty inside, but nothing unbearable. There was even electricity, but that was the concerning part. I mean, somebody had to own it, right? Even so, Jason claimed that he hadn't seen anybody enter or leave during the times he'd come across it. In fact, the door was always locked. It was still hard to take his word for it, obviously. The whole situation seemed a bit strange. But since we're idiotic teenagers, we underestimated how strange things could really get. We didn't simply leave it at that. We decided to scout the place over the course of a week in an attempt to determine whether or not it truly was abandoned. If it truly was just there for the taking. Sure enough, a week passed. Nothing interesting happened. Nobody even approached the place. However, this brought up a frightening possibility. That somebody was already living in there. This idea was somewhat combated by the fact that we'd already entered the place a few times and caused a reasonable ruckus so it would have made sense that the owner, if they were there, would have confronted us already. In any case, still a cause for concern. We argued about how to deal with this, eventually decided that somebody simply had to go in and do a sweep of all the rooms. The conventional response was something along the lines of, fuck that, I don't want to run into some weird-ass guy in there. But we, eventually, managed to convince each other to go. During the middle of the day, the five of us went in together. As it turns out, every room was empty. Well, except for one. The door to what had to have been a closet of some sort was locked, so we ignored it. Rookie mistake, I know. There were a few other peculiar things about the house itself, though. Number one, there was only one painting framed up, which looked to be some sort of 
shadowy figure standing outside a window. Number two, there was a straight-up hole that was about two inches in diameter in the basement. We tried looking down into it, but it's just darkness. Number three, there was a heavy locked box in one of the rooms upstairs. Contents obviously unknown. In the same room, there was an older, banged-up Android phone, which was out of batteries. Number four, the TV worked, but there, there was only one obscure channel, which was just constant footage of a faint light illuminating what appeared to be a wall and a bedpost. And number five, finally, there was a rocking chair in the living room that was stuck tight to the ground. Reasonable people would have considered these circumstances and noped out of there on the spot, but as I've already established, we were dumbass kids trying to put our party on. Nothing was stopping us. We scouted the house for a few more days before finally making our move. We each called up numerous mutual friends, informing them about the plan. We were all excited. We planned on having about 20 people in total. We had slivers of common sense, after all. We didn't want to invite hundreds and risk causing a forest fire or something. The day that the party was supposed to take place, we got there early and began setting everything up, which was basically just music, chips, and beer. A good party is bare bones, after all. No need for a disco ball and a buffet, just alcohol, weed, and good company. We also tried hooking up an Xbox to the TV, but we couldn't get it to work. The channel stayed the same no matter what we did, although in retrospect, I did notice the light seemed to be getting brighter. We told everybody to come around 8pm, and finish setting up at around 7. Since we had an hour to kill with just the five of us, we cracked open some beers, rolled a few joints, and we got the night started. At some point, our buddy Boris brought us something that looked like a Ouija board. Come on, we gotta try it, he said, sounding excited. The only other person on board with the idea was Max, so we let them go at it while the rest of us continued getting intoxicated. About ten minutes later, Jason went to the washroom, leaving Chris and I alone. We looked over at the peculiar rocking chair. What's the point of sticking this shit to the ground? Chris said. He walked over and peered down. Is it glue or some shit? Can't tell. He inspected it for a few more minutes before getting into the chair himself and rocking back and forth. Man, I haven't been in one of these in a while. And then... His face dropped. We both came to the same realization simultaneously. He got off the chair and it immediately stopped moving. He tried moving it again while standing but it wouldn't budge. His face contorted in confusion. What? Oh, come on! Max's outburst interrupted our thoughts. We looked over, watching as he held up the Ouija board. What kind of board is this? He said. It's not even in English. I took a look at it myself. He was right. On first glance, the characters appeared to be the letters of the alphabet, but all of them were slightly off. For example, the A had two lines through it. I swear it was fine when I found it, Boris looked at the board, his face also sporting confusion. Well, where'd you buy it? Max asked. At some moving away sale, three bucks. Guys, I said as I checked the time on my phone, it's 8.40, where the hell is everybody? They all looked up, checking their phones as well. All right, Max said. I'm going to call Aaron, see where she is. He dialed the number and walked to the kitchen while the three of us stood still. A vague dread looming over us. 
I looked at the stationary chair and shivered. As far as I was concerned, weed and alcohol didn't cause hallucinations. Jason came back in the room, now holding up a book. Check this out, he said, holding it up. It looked comparable to a children's pop-up book, with crudely drawn animals and trees materializing themselves on top of pages. What's it about? Chris asked. Look, Jason said, pointing to a space in between two trees. I squinted, making out what appeared to be a large gray hand coming out of the dark woods, grabbing onto a branch. Dude, what the hell? Chris said, staring at the bizarre detail. All right, this doesn't make any sense. Max stormed back into the room. Aaron said she arrived 20 minutes ago. Then she let out this weird fucking laugh. And she hung up. Before we could even react to that, Boris spoke up. Ugh. Guys? I can't move my hand. His hand was firmly planted on the board. Quit fucking around, Max said, somewhat angrily. I'm serious, man, Boris replied, his voice increasingly frenetic. I can't deal with this shit right now, Chris said, pacing around the room. I was feeling something similar. There was too many things happening simultaneously, too many storylines to follow. It was frustrating. And as if things couldn't get any worse, I glanced over at the television which had been on the entire time. The light had illuminated further, revealing the source of it to be a candle, but it revealed something else as well. A hand. Dangling over... a bed. Jesus, I started, but was interrupted again by Boris. He was still screaming about the damn board. We looked over, watching as his finger moved across the letters. Fucking hell! Max shouted, slapping the board off his hand. Or at least, that's what he tried to do. But just like the chair on the floor, Boris's hand was actually stuck. Max staggered back, shocked at the sight. This, this can't be happening. His phone suddenly rang again, and he quickly answered it. Hello? A faint chattering could be heard on the other line. As he listened, his face grew paler and paler. He put the phone down a few seconds later. It was Aaron. She said that everybody's in the attic. We should join them up there. Does this place even have an attic? Chris shouted. Oh, thank God, Boris breathed a sigh of relief as he finally managed to unstick his hand from the board. That was, that was weird. It spelt out a message, right? What was it? I asked him. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy freaking the fuck out, he responded. It's pretty weird, Jason muttered his eyes still glued to the pop-up book. Maybe, maybe these were just side effects of some bad weed, I thought to myself, despite the fact that I felt effectively sober. In hindsight, that was simply a delusion spurred on by this chain of unexplainable events. Where the hell did Max go? Boris spoke up. We looked around, and sure enough, he was absent. For a while, nobody spoke. We were nearing our tipping with all the madness going on, after all. All right, Chris said. You heard the stories, right? Carbon monoxide makes you loopy and shit. You see things that aren't really happening. That, that's the case. Then we just need to get the hell out of here. What? I responded. What does that explain? But before I finished my sentence, he hightailed it past me right out the front door. I went after him, screaming at him to get the hell back. He ran all the way to the edge of the trees before stopping. Look, uh, man, if it was gas, I think... 
Hey, I, I think we'd be dead by now, I called after him. But then something caught my eye. Something in between two trees. A large gray hand coming out from the dark woods. I raised my voice, ready to yell at him to get the hell back. But he was snatched away before I could utter a vowel. Shit. Oh shit, I yelled before bolting back inside and locking the door behind me. But truth be told, I wasn't so confident about our safety inside the house either. What the hell's going on? Boris asked. I didn't bother responding. Instead, I, I sat down. I attempted to make sense of any of this, but I couldn't. Everything was so fucked. Wait, Jason said. You hear that? Everybody went quiet, trying to discern what he was referring to. Eventually, it became obvious. There was something, some kind of mumbling coming from down in the basement. That must be Max, Jason said. That seemed like an obvious explanation, but with everything that was going on, I, I had to be skeptical. Everything. Eventually, the three of us decided to head down, I mean, just to confirm. Sure enough, Max was there, mumbling while kneeling down. He was, he was also transfixed, staring into the hole in the floor. I approached him and strained my ears, trying to figure out what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I, I'll kill them. I will, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're right behind me. They're right behind me. I'll do it. I'll do it now. I... Oh, shit. I thought to myself. Out of all of us that could have gotten possessed, it had to be the guy who practiced kickboxing. Max turned around, and I, I winced upon seeing his eyes rolled all the way back, now displaying nothing but white. I tried running back upstairs, but he charged me, sweeping my legs. Hey, what the hell are you doing? Boris yelled at him, but his words didn't register. Max rushed at him as well before delivering a devastating kick to the ribs. Oh, sh oh, shit! Jason stammered out as he squared up to him. That turned out to be a bad move. As he was dropping in a single punch, I looked over at the hole, which now had an eyeball stalk coming out of it. The sight of that put my flight or fight response into overdrive. While he was distracted, I kicked at Max's legs, causing him to stumble. I lifted myself up before making a beeline up the stairs. I could hear Jason and Boris following close behind, and once the three of us got up, we blocked the door with a couch. As Max began trying to tear it down moments later... We decided that enough was enough. Let's get the fuck out of this place, I said. Nobody argued with that proposition, so we all packed up what we could and we headed for the door. Things wouldn't be that simple. As I was about ready to begin sprinting, I noticed the painting from earlier. The one with a shadowy figure stalking a window. Oh, please don't, I thought. My eyes began moving towards the only window in the living room, and sure enough... The shadow man was right there, staring at me. A dark body with two bright white eyes. What are you doing, man? Let's go, Jason said, holding his nose, which was gushing blood. I gestured towards the window in response. Fuck. Moments later, Max's arm burst through the door. Well, I'll take my chances anyway, Boris said, pushing past me and heading right out the door. About a second and a half later, he let out a blood-curdling scream that was abruptly cut short. A deep, guttural chuckling followed. He bounded over to the door. I locked it again, only to turn back and see Max's head bursting through the door like jack-fucking-torrents from The Shining. He said something along the lines of, There'll be nothing when the old ones descend upon this cursed earth. However, since it was Max, I found it hard to take it seriously. 
In any case, Jason and I realized that we were pretty much screwed if we didn't act fast. So we both tried weighing our options. While Max was slowly breaking through, it still it still looked like he had a while to go before he was completely out. Max had left his phone, and it was being bombarded with texts from Aaron, most of them saying something along the lines of, If you don't come up to us, then, then we'll come to you. I mean, for that reason, we were hesitant about escaping upstairs. But that hesitation changed once Jason pointed out something horrifying. Dude, the door's open. The door he was referring to was the one that had been locked the first few times we had tried opening it. And I also noticed what was now on the TV. It was... Us. Jason and I, both looking shit-scared, seemingly being filmed behind a door that had been cracked open just slightly. We looked back towards the door in question, seeing a hand wrapped in barbed wire now slithering its way out. And in the meantime, Max's full upper body was through. We, we didn't want to go upstairs. But that choice evidently wasn't up to us. We sprinted towards and up the stairs, locking and pushing a bed against the door. Our logic operated on the idea that if, if, they, if a couch could hold Max back, then a bed would, right? Luckily for us, there wasn't some additional demon waiting for us. However, we did happen to be in the room that contained the phone and the locked door. And that's where we've been ever since. I think we got a bit lucky, though. I mean, it sounded like both Max and whatever had been hiding in the locked room came out at the same time and became preoccupied with each other. I called the cops just before pulling out my phone and typing this out. It's been quiet for a while. There's no way in hell I'm going downstairs. Doesn't look like Jason wants to either. I mean, looks like we're going to stay here for a while. The shadow figure. It's outside of our window. I can hear stomping and laughing coming from the floor above us, even though I'm pretty sure there is no floor above us. It's gonna be a long fucking night. Hey there kids, it's me, Mr. Creepypasta, and thank you for watching tonight's video, or listening to tonight's podcast. I want to tell you about one quick thing before we say goodbye for the evening, and that's going to be about the Mr. Creepypasta plush. The plush is only available for a limited time. So if you guys head over to makeship.com, then you guys are able to get this Mr. Creepypasta plush. It's super cool. It glows in the dark, which is really cool. And he's super soft and cuddly. So it's uh, makeship.com slash products slash Mr. Creepypasta hyphen plush. Or you know what's easier? makeship.com. Uh, there you go. And as always, I want to give a very big thank you to everybody who is supporting me on Patreon. If you guys have been supporting me on Patreon, or if you're considering doing so, then know that I just added in a couple of cool things for the loyalty program because I found out that I could. I had no idea that I could do that. So now, <laughs> you guys should be getting some cool things in the mail brought to you by Patreon that are pretty cool. They support the channel as well. Oh, getting to the point though, a huge thank you to patrons such as Jordan Alexander Sanchez, Brian Ars, Bobby Carmen, Stephanie Butler, Tristan Pelton, Chance Burnett, 
Diana Kraus, William King, Heather McDonald, Reaper 61167, Alex the Sandwich, Darth Miver, Michael Ortiz, Satanic Aries, Ness 69420, Isoto Hatred with two exclamation points, Nessie, Ronnie Hansen, Bartohawk 764, Melancholy Corpse, Ferb, Harley, Billy Morrow, Madam Skullbunny, Sashi Suzaku, Grizzly Olsen Dut Pro, Caden the Spooky Boy, Zane Nightshade, My Body Sounds Like Rice Krispies, Ashwood, Lord of the Weeds, Jay, Miss Alexandra, Mr. Unsettling Spaghetti, Suji Campbell, Stricken, Azarine Fox, Fried Chicken 12, Freddy Krueger, Pie Nanny, Michael Scarborough, Infernal One, Lisa Cottrell, Caspian, Jordan Nels, Hades Nephew, Tater Chip, Acid System, Prozac and Pancake Appreciation Society, Cryptic Nightmares, Kiri the Sloth, Tommy Green, Fester's Lampshade, Sky Harbor, Nina Smith, Nico Cayo, Rafael Rodriguez, The Ginger Bros, Aaron Stormcrow, Daniel Polson, Trey Smiles, and Corey Kenshin. Thank you guys so much, so, so much, so, so, so much for being a part of the Patreon and helping me keep the lights on and helping me get exclusive stories and everything that we do on the channel here thank you guys so so much for being a part of it thank everybody in the description and thank you guys who have stayed to this part of the video it really means so much to me i hope you all have a very happy halloween and sweet dreams as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast that's indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.